Hi, welcome to the City View Phoenix podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. It is amazing. Sound, our sound, sound and audio, it's a fun thing. It's one of the most stressful responsibilities here at City View. So will you guys please thank our sound engineers here? Because they can't ever take a moment off. They live in that place of, I don't want it to be too loud, I don't want it to be too quiet. Because some of you are going, I wish it was louder. Others of you are going, Jeremiah, you're hurting my ears. And they're going, who do I make happy? And in the end of the day, it's really only about me and Josh, the worship leader, on who they're making happy and whether or not we like the sound or not. Um, so we don't care about you. Just kidding. Um, but uh, thank you guys so much because I know we got some new stuff going on. So, hey, this morning is Family Sunday. And I know that I've got some young people in here, some kids in here. And on stage right now, I have, I have packs of Starburst. Um, and those are for any young person, junior high, high school, elementary school, whatever age you're in. There's nothing right now keeping you from coming to this stage and grabbing a pack of Starburst. So I don't know why you're in your seat and not grabbing a free pack of Starburst right now. So if you're a young person in here, come on up here, junior high, high school, elementary, grab a pack of Starburst. It's for you. Run, jog, casually walk. Do whatever you want, but it's for you. And since there's not very many kids in this service, you can have two packs if you so desire. If you so desire. And if your dad told you to grab more than that, it's totally fine. Um, But so today, we are continuing our series looking at Jesus. And just like, there was nothing keeping those kids from coming up here to getting those Starbursts. They were here, they didn't know. That it was free to them. I did. You see, and just like there was nothing keeping them, there's nothing that can ever keep Jesus from getting to you. Nothing. Nothing can ever keep Jesus from loving you. Nothing can ever get in the way of Jesus from coming after your heart. Let's pray and we're going to get started. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this morning. God, I thank you that you are such a good God who does great things in a great way. And Jesus, I I just thank you for what you are planning on doing in our lives, in our hearts this morning. God, I thank you for your word that never comes back void. Lord, I thank you that we are able to come to a place like this, that we're able to come to church. Lord, I know that there are some, some churches still haven't opened. There's some countries that still haven't opened yet. Lord, we are thankful to, one, live in a country where we're free to worship you. To live in a state that opened up so quickly. And Jesus, I ask that you would do great and awesome things in and through our lives and in our hearts today. God bless your churches throughout the valley. In Jesus' name, amen. Do I need to go to my handheld? Because I'll go to that if this is going to be like crazy. Okay. So if you would turn with me to Mark chapter, I would rather go to that than have that. To be totally honest. Okay, you like that sound? Because it's driving me, it's like, this is an echo chamber right here. So it's like, woo. So Mark chapter 4, verse 35. So it's, so here's, we've got Jesus. Jesus had just finished. You're going to go, wait, Jeremiah, we were in chapter 1 last week. So we're looking at the book of Mark, and we're looking at these big ideas. The first big idea we're looking at is how Jesus was no ordinary man. So I have taken the book of Mark and I've looked at these different places that come underneath that umbrella that I see that point out how Jesus was not just some ordinary guy. 
And you're like, but Jeremiah, the whole book of Mark is that. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but I wanted to do something a little more creative. So <clears throat> that's why we're here at, 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 at this place in Mark and looking how Jesus could calm storms and what he would do to get to people. Next week, we're going to look at, at Jesus and this authority that he had that was unheard of throughout that time. Somebody who spoke with authority. And then we're going to go and look at how Jesus, we're going to look at how Jesus was, he had no ordinary message. We're going to look at how he had no ordinary love. He had no ordinary followers. Those are some of the other things. And so we're going to go back to Mark 1 in a couple weeks, actually next week. And so but by the end of this series, we will go through the entire book of Mark in a very creative and new way as we see what Jesus was like. And so Jesus, he just finished feeding all these people. He just finished doing all these amazing things. And his disciples in, in Mark chapter 4 says, they took him just as he was. So he just finished preaching. He's in his preaching clothes, whatever that looks like, a robe or something like that. And he goes and he gets in this boat. And when Jesus gets in this boat, he falls asleep. I don't know how many of you have ever been on a boat and you've fallen asleep. I've been on a cruise ship and I've fallen asleep because I have a nice, I have a nice bed. Who's ever fallen asleep on like a regular fishing boat? Anybody in here? So I've done that one time too. So let me finish the story. So Jesus gets on this boat, and his goal is to get to the other side. He tells his disciples, we're going to the other side of the sea. He's got a plan. He has a mission. He has something that he needs to do. But Jesus, because he knows the plan, and he knows nothing's ever going to get in the way of his plan, Jesus takes a nap in the middle of a storm. Remember last week we looked at rest. If you missed last Sunday's sermon, if you were not here last week and you missed it, please, for me, I don't ask this very much, if you've been coming here at all, I don't ask this very much, but please watch, listen to, download last Sunday's sermon. I think it's one of the most important things that we as believers need to hear. The, the whole reason and the whole way of we're going to get through life is finding that place of rest. And Jesus here in this, he finds rest and so it says in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it says, On that day when evening came, he said to them, Let us go to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along, just as he was, into the boat. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much that the boat was already filling up. And Jesus himself was in the stern. That's the back of the boat. I had to look that up. I didn't know that ahead of time. So if you're like, wow, Jeremiah, you're a fisherman. No, I'm... I'm, I know absolutely nothing about a boat. Um, <clears throat> I know how to get in and get out, and that's about it. Um, Jesus fell asleep on a cushion, and they woke him, and they said, Teacher, do you not care? We are perishing. And he got up, and he yelled at the wind. He rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and became perfectly calm. And he said to them, he turned to them, and he said, Why are you afraid? How is it that you have no faith? They became very much afraid because they said, who then is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. So it was about 20, I don't know, 22 years ago, I was, I was on a boat in the middle of the ocean. And I took my first big fishing trip. And these waves started coming. And the boat was going up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. Anybody getting sick with me right now? Because that's where I was. I was getting sick. Up and down and I'm fishing and I've got my pole in the water and I catch the first fish. It's not a big fish, it's a small fish. And then I chummed the water. I gave the fish to the boat captain. He then cut it up because it was too small to do anything with. He used it as bait and I went and slept in the bow of the boat which is the front. 
And every time the boat would go up, so would my body. And every time the boat would go down, my body stayed for a little bit, and then it hit the, gra- it hit the boat. And I would, the boat would go up, my body would go up, the boat would go down, my body would then go down. It, and I didn't have a cushion. I have no idea how Jesus was able to sleep on this boat. Because it's not some big fishing boat like you would see on Wicked Tuna. Okay? It's not that. It's, it's not like the, even the boat maybe you go fishing on Lake Pleasant with. It is a wooden boat that is maybe only, a few, I mean, you're talking five feet wide, not super wide, and not super long. It's, I've seen one when I went to Israel. They're not huge fishing, fishing vessels. It's small. How he slept, I don't know because I tried. Actually, I did sleep. I hurt the next day. I was super sore, my whole side. But when you're that sick, any of you ever been seasick before? Isn't it the worst thing in the world? It's the worst thing. So Jesus is sleeping. How many of you look forward to Sunday naps? That's this nap right now for Jesus. Sunday nap. He goes. This huge storm comes. Storms always come. They come. Whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, whether you are the strongest follower of God, that's Jesus, or not, The storms always come. They always come. So Jesus is sleeping on the boat. He just finished doing some amazing work for God. This storm comes, and his disciples shake him, and they wake him up. And they're like, Jesus, do you even care that we are perishing? See, this storm, though, was sent by the devil. Because the devil knew Jesus was getting ready to do something. I heard it said once by a pastor, he was telling me, I was talking about storms in my life, my own life, and he said, Jeremiah, your life is like a chess game. Jesus is always on the offense, and the devil is always on the defense. All the devil sees is God making moves, and all he can try to do is attack, but Jesus already knows how to win. All the devil does is try to distract and discourage And so this storm, he sees God moving pieces. He sees the queen and the rook and all those pieces being moved on that chessboard. The devil sees it, so the devil goes, I'm going to stop Jesus from doing this work, and I'm going to send a storm. But here's the thing. Nothing can keep Jesus from getting to you. Nothing. Nothing can keep Jesus from getting to you. Kids, if you are in here, I'm going to give you a hint. That's important. People that are in here. That is important. Because we can have this unrealistic idea that our sin or different things all of a sudden makes Jesus, uh, makes us an untouchable. No, Jesus loves you. And there was somebody on the other side of the sea that was going through their own personal life in a storm. They were going through an internal storm, a storm of feeling not wanted, a storm of feeling not loved, a storm of feeling too evil, too sinful, too too unholy, too everything, where they wanted nothing to do with God anymore because they thought God wanted nothing to do with them. And so we've got this guy, we've got Jesus going through this little literal storm, getting ready to hit to go to this guy who's going through this eternal storm, internal storm. And so we come to Mark chapter 5 then. Mark chapter 5, verses 1, it says, And they came to the other side of the sea, just like Jesus promised. Jesus told his disciples in Mark chapter 4, Let us go to the other side of the sea. So you guys, God has made promises to you. 
Promises that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Promises that he's going to carry you through. Promises that he's going to give you a peace that passes all understanding. Promise that he is going to be your provider. God made those, has made those promises to you. And when he makes a promise, he keeps his promise. It may not look as you think, but the promise is there. A friend of mine was telling me, so my dog, I, had a, I, I, had a, I have two French bulldogs. And a couple summers ago, one of them drowned in our pool. It was possibly one of the worst days of my, of my whole family's life. It's hard. Yeah, it was just a dog, but when you have that kind of dog, you know, they're just like part of your family. And it, he drowned, and he was a cute dog. And we called the breeder who we bought him from, and he felt really bad for us. And he goes, well, I have this female, and I just, I just, I don't know if I want to breed her, but if you guys want her, you can have her. So we brought her into our family. Now, we liked male dogs, because just, that's just our opinion, just for us. Male French bulldogs, that is. So we brought her into our home, and we, we just fell in love with her. And then we, we met a couple here at City View, and we said they had a male dog. They had a male French bulldog, and we had a female. We're like, hey, you want to um, let them get married first and then have a relationship? <laughs> um, somebody DM'd me and said, Jeremiah, they're not married. Is that even right? You're a pastor. And I was like, you're right. So we go, and they end up getting pregnant, and have four little babies. My friend said, Jeremiah, you know that verse, God works all things together for his good, for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. I said, yeah, he goes, Jeremiah, you went through that storm, but God gave you this dog, and now you're blessed with four puppies, and now you're going to make some money on the side, and you get a new one. You never know how God is going to work. That's not how I, I saw God doing things. I never saw God doing that in my life. You don't know how God's going to work out your good. You don't know what the storm and the plan on the other side of the storm is going to look like. So Jesus says to the disciples, they came to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gerasene. And when they got out of the boat, immediately, remember, that's a key word throughout this book. Immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. And he had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with chains, because he had he had been he had been bound with chain he had been he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs in the mountains and gashing himself with stones. So they, we meet this guy who is so overwhelmed with sin. Sin is a powerful thing. It, has so, it can hold us in so many strong ways. Only Jesus can overcome it. You see, sin wants to chain you and restrain you and keep you broken and hurting. And that's where this guy was. This guy was trapped in his sin. We don't know. This guy is demon-possessed. He is, he is possessed by demons. And we don't know what got him to that point. We don't know what things he allowed. We don't know what things he started entertaining. We don't know how it started with him. All we know is he is chained and shackled and bound. And so many of us, we can feel that way, like we have no way out, like we're stuck in our sin, whether it's alcohol, depression, and, and not depression, not that depression is sin, I'm not saying that, but we can be stuck in these clouds of darkness, that we feel there's no way out, that we are trapped in our life, and there's no way of getting out. And that's where this guy was. He felt trapped and alone. You see, sin, that's what it does. Only Jesus can set you free. Only Jesus. 
So it says in verse 6, seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and he bowed before him and shouting with a loud voice, he said, what business do we have with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you, I beg you, I pray to you by God, do not torment me. For Jesus had been saying to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. So this man seeing Jesus, now this isn't the idea of just noticing him and seeing, like sight. It's not just speaking about sight. This word seeing actually means seeing and knowing. This demon-possessed man knew exactly who Jesus was as soon as he got off the boat. This guy knew there was something about Jesus. Now usually when something good is in front of us and when we are in our sin, we run from anything good. We don't want to have anything to do with that. We're like, okay, we see that person that's always like, hey, how are you? You know that you're in a bad spot and somebody good comes up and you know they're going to ask you how you're doing and you're going to have to be honest because they can see right through you. How many of you have those kind of people in your life? You're like, and you avoid them like the plague. Anybody do that? Yeah. And so usually that's what they do. But you see, when it comes to Jesus, Jesus draws us. And so this man runs to Jesus. And he starts shouting at Jesus. He wants nothing to do with Jesus. But here's the thing. Nothing can keep Jesus from getting to you. Nothing can keep him. So this guy's telling Jesus, we want nothing to do with you. Jesus, go away from us. Jesus, leave us. We don't need you. We don't want you. We don't like you. Everybody hates you. You are terrible. And Jesus keeps saying, who are you and what's your name? Jesus just wants to get to know him. Jesus doesn't give up. Because nothing is going to get in the way of Jesus loving you. Nothing is going to get in the way of Jesus getting to you. And so it says in verse 9, and he was asking him, Jesus kept saying, what is your name? And the man said, my name is Legion, which means I'm the army of 6,000 Romans. So he's not just saying a name, but he's saying a title. He's saying the amount of demons. He's saying how evil he is. He's saying we are so full of evil. We're so full of evil. And they know what Jesus is getting ready to do. They know that Jesus is getting ready to save this man. That's why the devil sent the storm. Because the devil loves to steal, kill, and destroy lives. And when God is getting ready to do something, the devil will do anything he can to keep good from getting to those people. So you may think, why is my life not working out? Those storms might be coming to distract you from the very blessing that is coming behind it. You never know. So it says, and he began to implore him. These, these demons, were imp- this word implore, not here, but earlier, the word implore when they were imploring Jesus, has the same idea as prayer, as, as worship. Now, they weren't worshiping out of honor. They were worshiping out of, they, they, they had to, because the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Even demons don't have power over the Jesus that loves you. Nothing can stop Jesus. Nothing can stop Jesus. 
So it says, and he began to implore him earnestly not to send them. The demon is saying, don't send them out of the country. They're saying, don't just cast us into the abyss. That's this place where demons would be held, where they, they were then trapped for all the rest of eternity. They're like, don't just send us there. They said, now there is a large herd of swine nearby on the mountain. The demons implored him saying, please send us into those swine that we may enter them. And Jesus gave them permission to come out of the, un, the unclean spirits, to come out and enter into the swine. And the herd rushed into, uh, rushed into the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were all drowned. You see, the demons, they knew. We've got no chance against Jesus. But you see, in them, in them is destruction. They can't stop from destroying. Their whole motive is to steal kill and destroy they had they were, their plan was destro to destroy this man's life that was their plan we we're going to destroy his life and we're going to destroy all the lives around him as many lives as possible that's what we're going to do but when jesus enters the scene they realize we have no power and in this moment do you see what they had to do were they allowed to just leave the man and go into the swine they had to ask permission you see nothing gets to you except that's been allowed from god now, it all doesn't seem fair. Some of the stuff, I mean, I look at some people's lives, I'm just like, that's not cool. I watched this movie last night called The, the Blue Miracle. It's on Netflix or something like that. It's about this orphanage and kids, and it's, it's actually a really good movie. Um, I liked it. Um, but it's about these kids, and they start talking about the foster homes that they grew up in and all this stuff. And I just thought, God, that's so not fair. Just, it made me so sad thinking about what these kids and, and some of our lives we look going, so God allowed this. He, I don't know how it all works. I don't. And I'm so sad that some of us have, to, have had to go, go through some things that are just straight hell. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that some of us, we've had to bear burdens that when, when I look at, like, like, my grandma passed away last week and I did her funeral yesterday. My grandma was a believer in Jesus Christ. She loved the Lord. She had been battling cancer since December. And she was not feeling good last Thursday. She went to bed. She laid down. And she woke up in the presence of the Lord. I couldn't have asked for a better way for my grandma. That's what I prayed for. But then I met with a guy this week. His dad was driving his work truck. Crashed somewhere on the I-17. And died. I'm just like, God, I don't understand why some things happen the way they do. But what I do know is God's grace has gotten me through every storm. And what I do know is nothing can keep Jesus from getting to me. And he's walked me through so many storms in my life. And I know he will do the same for you. And so these demons, they're going, Jesus, okay, since you're going to cast us out, can we go into the pigs instead? And Jesus says, yeah, you can. Because one, God didn't like pigs at this time. In the, the, he, he doesn't change his mind, but sort of changes some things. Pigs were unclean, if you didn't know that. Some of you are like, yeah, I don't eat pigs still. And man, a good pork chop, that I'll change, your, I'll change your mind with my good pork chops. I'm a great pork chop cooker. We don't know why Jesus said it's okay to go into these pigs. Well, here's what we do know. This man's life was worth more than the pigs. That's what we know. That human life to Jesus is worth more than pigs. That's what we do know. We do know this. 
that this man's life was valuable. Then it says in verses 14 through 20, the herdsmen ran and they reported in the city into the country and the people came and they saw what had happened and they came and they saw, they observed Jesus and they saw that the man who was even possessed was sitting down clothed. Now remember, this guy was naked, stark naked, running around in his birthday suit. He has no clothes on at all. Nothing. Can you, don't picture that, but can you picture that with me? This guy, he's got some shackles around his wrist, maybe some on his ankles, and he's running around with his hair crazy, naked. That's how everybody knew him. They're like, oh, there's the naked guy again. That's how everybody knew this guy. He's known as the naked, crazy guy. So it says, they saw him clothed in his right mind, the very man who had the legion. They became frightened because they saw this. Those who had seen it described to them how it had happened. They said, okay, this guy, he was going crazy, and this guy gets out of the boat, and, and they, the, 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 the demon-possessed man runs up to the sky, and we don't even know who this guy is walking out of the boat, and then he casts, he says, yeah, you're set free, and all of a sudden, all of our pigs run into the water. And they go, okay, and then what? Well, and then the guy was like, they, he started putting clothes on, and he was normal. And they began to implore and beg Jesus to leave their region. Verse 17, and as he was getting into the boat, the demon-possessed man said, please, Jesus, don't make me go back there because I have a reputation as being as the crazy naked man. And I don't want to be known as that. You see, sometimes the very reputation you have is the very thing Jesus wants to use to change the lives that knew who you were so they can see who you are. So this man wanted to run from that, but Jesus made him run right back into it. Because Jesus knew, I'm going to use you to change what is called the cities of the Decapolis, which is 10 major cities in the Roman time. Jesus said, I'm going to use you to change the world. One crazy naked guy to change the world. And so that's what Jesus does. He uses him, he sends him away. But what's crazy is the people in the village, the people in the city, wanted nothing to do with him. They wanted nothing to do with Jesus. They cared more about the pigs than they did this guy. And you may think, man, that's crazy. Who would ever care more about pigs than this guy? I read a study this week just to prove my point. I don't remember how many people were surveyed in this study, but it's a Psychology Today study, and they were asked, if you were given a chance to save your dog or a stranger, who would you save? Could you put up my slide, please? The first one. Who would you save? Your dog or a stranger? A human life or your dog? Who would you save? How many people, now I know some of you in here are like, I'd probably save my dog. I'm not going to ask how many of you are sinners like that in here, but I'm going to ask. I won't. 40% of the people surveyed said I'd save my dog over a stranger. If you'd show my next graph. Here, this is the saddest part. Now when they broke it down, men and women, they said, okay, if it was your dog or a sibling, who would you save? 5% of women would save the dog over a brother or sister. What's wrong with you ladies? 5% 5% of you. So that means out of 100, five of you would be like, sorry, bro. I like my dog. 
Then we go to the next, and it's grandparents. I don't know how many grandparents we have in here today, but it said the same amount of women. So women, no matter, you're like, ah, oh, grandma, brother, or sister, I don't care, I'm saving my dog. 5% of them, men, it went up a little bit. They're like, I mean, if grandma and grandpa are dying, like, okay, I'm, I might save them over, you know, they, they started getting, and then as it continues, a best friend, women are like, oh yeah, I don't care about my best friend, I'm saving my dog. And then it comes to a distant cousin. You're like, I never even met them. What uncle are you even from? Then they're like, I'm saving my dog. And then we just continue to up, all the way up to a foreign tourist, total stranger, some Germans drowning in the middle of a swimming pool, and he's yelling at you in his own foreign tongue, ich bin nine something, who knows what. I don't, I don't know enough German. My dad didn't teach me. And then you got your dog, and you're like, I don't, can you swim? Because I can't really understand you. It's a different language. The guy's like, oh, I can't swim. You're like, mm I'm going to say my dog, 45% of women, and then like 40% of men, 42. Our culture is not much different than this one. Look at how many people are okay with abortion today. Look at how we are so consumed with COVID as a nation. We're so consumed with tracking who, who got this. Like I've been asked by more people, Jeremiah, have you gotten the shot? Have you gotten Who cares? When we've got people being sex trafficked all over the world, we care more about these things than human life. We're like, but that is caring about human life. But is it? Or is it your life? Our culture's not much different. We look at this going, man, they, they were okay. They didn't want those pigs to die. I don't think our culture would be much different, except we may be way worse. All culture, I could see us trying to kill Jesus. But here's the thing. Did that surprise Jesus? Did he force himself on them? No. Because Jesus knew he was leaving the crazy naked guy to change their hearts. Jesus knew the crazy naked guy had more power to do anything he could ever imagine or think. Because nothing can keep Jesus from getting to you. To illustrate that, I need a few kids. So my kids that are in here, all of you who came and got Starburst, all of you, I need you to come on up here to the stage real quick, okay? Except for, except for the two I talked to. I need all my kids up here. Even my junior high students or new high school, I need all of you up here real quick. All of you come on up. Junior high students to high school, going into high school, I need all of you up here real quick. I need all of you. Come on up. Come on up. Let, give it up. Okay. <clears throat> Come on up. Come on up to the stage. I'm not going to make you do anything totally scary. I want you to stand. It's got to be in the camera shot. So I'm going to move my stuff over here. And I'm going to move you guys. They're going to stand right here. I need my dad and son to come on up here. I need you guys. You're going you're gonna to stand like this right here. You're going to all face me. Okay. I want a big guy over here, too. Give me another big guy. Yeah, right there. Okay, okay. Landon, you're going to stand right back here. I need five dads, five men. I don't care. I need five men to come on up here. Five men right now. Come on, get up out of your seats. Five men. It doesn't matter whether you're a dad or not. I need five men. Rob, get up here. Stop counting and trying to figure out if I have enough. Five men to come on up here. I'll take even more. Okay, you stay there. Men, I want you to stand around here, and I want you to face Landon. Okay? Come on, all of you over here. I want you right here facing Landon like this, back to back with these kids. Okay, all of you men. 
All of you men right there. Okay. See, when it comes to the storms and the trials and the pain and the hurt and all the crazy things that are going on in life, when we see how distracting and all the hard things, this is what it looks like. It looks like Landon looking at his problems, trying to see his Savior. <laughs> and he sees this. But you see, Jesus just sees a bunch of kids in his way from getting to his son. Tom, what's going to keep you from getting to your son? Go get him. You see, nothing can keep, you can cap it up, because I think we think in life, when we see the storms, the trials, the hard things, this is what we see. We don't realize it's just a bunch of kids. The devil, he may look scary, he may look like this, but Jesus sees them as this. He's like, devil, what do you got on me? I made you. I made you. You are not more powerful than your creator. I made you. Get out of my way. I'm going to my son. And that storm that was there, it may rage and it may roar. Like the storm in that guy's life, it was raging and roaring. But Jesus said, storm, you ain't got nothing on me. He pushed past the storm. The guy says, Jesus, I want nothing to do with you. Jesus, get out of my way because I'm going after your heart. Just like this, just like nothing was going to keep Tom from coming after his son Landon. It's the same with your Jesus coming after you. Because thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. Because nothing will ever get in the way of Jesus coming after you. Nothing says this in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. If I could give you any homework today, this is your homework. Memorize these verses. Memorize these verses. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate you, separate you, separate me, separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. When I was in Bible college, we were taught it like this. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If I could give you anything, any homework, memorize that. I can't tell you how many times those verses for me have been an anchor for my soul. When I feel like I've done something that Jesus can't get to me for, when I feel like I am, I'm too far gone, when I feel like the wall of scariness is in front of me, and Jesus, I can't even see him because the storm is too thick, I can remember, for I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, principalities are like scary demons, nor things present now, nor things to come, future. How many of you, my grandma who passed away, she had a thing called a worry ring. Anybody ever heard of a worry ring? You rub it. 
and you rub it and you rub it. And I'm like, Grandma, you're a believer in Jesus Christ. What, what in the world are you worrying about? She rubbed through those things. Nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth. It's handling all the bases. Paul's thinking, okay, what possibly could we be scared of? No height, no depth, nor any other created thing. He goes, I'm just going to wrap it all up because I could just keep writing if I don't just say, nor anything else will ever be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because this is it. Nothing, no nothing can keep Jesus from loving you. And that's a promise that you can hold on to. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you are loving and gracious and powerful. Jesus, I thank you that you are willing to walk through storms. You're willing to walk through us yelling at you, wanting nothing to do with you, not wanting you around. Lord Jesus, this guy didn't want you around at all, but you just pushed past it because nothing, nothing can keep you from loving us. And if you're in here this morning and maybe that's something you've been struggling with, you feel like, man, I I know Jesus loves me, but there's some things in the way. Just like Tom pushed past everything to get to his son, Jesus is doing the same for you. There's no sin, there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no storm, there's nothing that Jesus won't push back, push through, conquer to love you. That's why he died on the cross. That's why he took your guilt and shame. That's that's why Jesus went to the cross. He didn't go to the cross because he had nothing better to do that day. He went to the cross because that was the only way to set you free. It's the only way that he could get to you. Your sin was keeping him from getting to you. And Jesus said, I'm going to push past that sin. I'm going to conquer that sin. I'm going to forgive that sin. I'm going to wash them clean from that sin. And if you're sitting in that today, know this, that Jesus wants to be your Savior. He died on the cross to set you free, to give you new life so that you can be the person that God has called you to be. And if that's you this morning, if you're sitting in this seat, you're sitting in a pew going, I need freedom. Pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, set me free. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming after me. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me. I believe that you did all those things for me. And I ask, I ask that you would give me freedom from my guilt and my shame and my sin. Give me freedom. In Jesus' name. Jesus, I thank you that you broke through storms to get to each and every one of us. And whatever storm we're walking through right now, whatever, maybe today was just an encouragement, a reminder that you went through storms to get to us. Jesus, I pray that we would never forget that, and I pray that we would always remember. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you decide to follow Jesus while listening to this podcast today? We want to celebrate with you and help you with your next steps. Click the link in the podcast description to get connected with a pastor and your next step. If you want to learn more about what's going on at City View, download our City View app through the App Store or the Google Play Store. You can find everything from special events, outreach opportunities, and additional resources all in one centralized location. Links are in the description below. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our website at cityviewphx.com or download the CityView app on the App Store.